you know, it doesn't have to be every single person in the company, but it's certainly the leaders and it's certainly the frontline staff that are, you know, in contact with customers and make storytelling the way we, we do things. Yeah, and, the, and again, in the book, there's so many great examples from companies that are doing that really well. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about storytelling, how you can write your story, how you can unite with your sales funnel to get results, to create brand awareness, to sell products, many things. I'm so excited to discuss this topic. You, Gabriel Dolan, how are you? I'm good, Anatoly. How are you? I, d- I didn't know you had bad people listening as well. Uh, you know, yeah, it's interesting about bad or good. Uh, sometimes I'm bad, <laughs> sometimes I'm good. And I'm biased. I can't estimate myself. But uh, yeah, in most cases, if you ask anyone, they can reply they're good. So we don't know. But I respect anyone. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you are looking for skills, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Gabriel, before we start, just tell me about yourself, experience, background, about your great book, about uh, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you because you spoke twice on my podcast and I I have new listeners and ah. I'm willing to learn more. Excellent. Well, uh, well, I should have saying it's seven o'clock in the morning where I'm calling in from. So, I've, but I've got a coffee. So hopefully, <laughs> if I'm if I'm bad, I'm good soon. <laughs> yeah, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, look, and it's all. Yeah, and I, I saw the the images of uh, when you, the intro of me speaking with you previously. So it's good to be back for a third time. Um, and my look i've been i'm specializing in storytelling so i'm sort of known as one of uh, i guess the world's leading experts on storytelling and that first came about i used to work in um australia's one, one of australia's largest banks and i worked there for a long time and this was about 20 years ago and i started to notice in my role as a leader and a change manager um which you know when you talk about the sales process often we think about the external sales but when you're change management it's you're selling and and as leaders you're you're selling you might be selling ideas and stuff so i started to notice the power of sharing stories in those roles so i left my corporate role about 19 years ago and started teaching business people how to share stories more effectively. And initially it did start off with a very much strong focus on leaders using stories internally. But, you know, then my my clients started going, we should be using this without... in our sales. So it's storytelling has become very much part of the sales process and how you sell. And um, and, 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 it's, and it's critical, as I'm sure we will discuss <laughs> today. Yeah. Of course, of course, 100%. Uh, I wanna ask about your book. It's a great book. I recommend to anyone to read this book. And the first reason, because you can get something new. It's not like at any other business books. Uh, I like your logical chain uh, and you can keep me as a reader to read your book. Uh, and you got a bunch of great reviews from great experts. So can you tell more about your book for uh, listeners who love reading books? Who, uh, yeah. 
I can. Yeah, I probably I probably should show it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so it's it's interesting. This is my latest book, and uh, well, it's it's a couple of years old now, but uh, it it sort of has followed the evolution of storytelling in business. So initially, storytelling was seen as an internal thing, but now it's very much seen as how you sell. So what I love about the book is. Um, the title magnetic stories and it's connect yeah. with customers and engage with employees so just if you're wondering why it's called magnetic one of the benefits of a story is once you hear a story it creates like a a connection like a you know really strong connection instantly almost instantly and it's very hard to then pull away from that it's very hard to lose that connection so it was very much like a magnet that you just you know you've got two magnets that's bang there's a lot of research to show that when you share a story you not only connect with the story but you connect with the storyteller so the person sharing the story so um i loved i loved writing this book because um anatoly i spoke to so many different companies around the world all doing amazing things with sharing stories um, from, you know, a, a restaurant in America, a fifth generation restaurant in America that share great stories about, you know, their founders and things on social media um, and just all the different ways you can share stories. So I that's why I love writing this book. And yes, you, you're right. It, it, it has got a lot of reviews. Um, it's got a lot of great feedback and you know, so it's, um, I think, because I think it's really practical. I think it's a really practical where you are, even if you're thinking, I'm not even sure where we could use stories or what stories we could share. It's a really practical guide because it not only tells you how to do it, it talks about the five different types of stories you should be sharing when it comes to sales. Um, and it, and there's just a lot of really good stories in there that will give you um, some insights and maybe inspiration to go out and share your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, valuable. Uh, Gabriel, I check on ChatGPT, even more. I asked ChatGPT, please write me a story. And I got the story for a few seconds. <laughs> Can you tell what is the main difference between AI written story and real story? Uh, and if you tested this tool, it would be great to share your tips. Uh, why we need to write manually to consider our previous experience and anything else about that? Yeah, it's actually, it's it's interesting you mention uh, ChatGPT, Anatoly, because I have been uh, researching it because I actually get, have been asked that question ever since it arrived earlier this year about could you use that to write stories? So I started to experiment myself and I would put into ChatGPT, you know, write me a story about teamwork or write me a story around great customer service. And it would actually spit out a story, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it wasn't too bad. Like it wasn't terrible, but there was something missing, and and there was always something missing. And what's missing is that, like, personal connection. Now, ChatGPT may get better at it, but what is really missing? What is what will always be missing from if you use uh, AI to generate your stories? What will always, always be missing is that they're not your stories and your stories are the most powerful stories. So I would say, if you're gonna use ChatGPT for anything, use it as an inspiration for a story, but whatever story it gives you, then go, do I have a similar story? If you were just taking a story that ChatGPT is generating and using it, uh, people, people would know it's not real. Um, 
and the reality is your own stories will be more powerful so um that's the limitations and it will always be the limitations of chat gpt yeah yeah i think it's only the beginning of this journey yeah. we'll see how chat gpt will uh grow uh, but today it's a powerful tool that can help now <laughs> to craft your story to get ideas and i love using this tool uh last mm. time i speak with chat gpt more often than with my wife i don't know why but <laughs> i love to, <laughs> to speak to ask many questions and it works well uh, because we help many customers in investing trading niche we create content with ai we uh, forecast uh, crypto prices and uh, it works well yeah um so yeah so, uh, I think so if it's it... better to find the way yeah yeah so if your wife ever accuses you of having an affair it's with chat gpt is it <laughs> oh i love my wife i love my uh i love ai uh i i don't want to separate them it's different love but uh, for me it's important to provide results in my job so ai can help me with that and i see when people are losing jobs and uh, I don't remember exactly the number, but like 5% of people lost jobs because of AI uh, in yeah. marketing, content creation niche. Uh, and I, I just want to advise anyone who lost their jobs, just uh, think how you can adapt AI. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if you can adapt AI in your strategy, you can get results and you will be safe, you know, by using like extra yeah. talk. I think, I think, I think, so before yeah. I just, one little comment about AI. I think it's like any other technology. It's new, but you need to embrace it because it's not going away. Um, and I heard someone say that you won't lose your job to AI, but you might lose your job to someone that embraces AI. So um, it's like, it's like any form of technology. If you go back in the past, any form of technology can be a bit scary and overwhelming and we can think of all the negative things from it, um, but it's the reality. So you just, uh, if you don't know about it, learn about it. Yeah, 100%, love it, love it. Uh, interesting data, I think in marketing, 100%, marketers can use AI, but in other niches, it's not the same. I mean, like, for example, in accounting, I spoke with my brothers, they have good revenue, high revenue, and they don't use AI. They don't know how to use it. <laughs> so I think it depends on niches. And yeah, if you want to be first, it's better to play with this tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask about uh, writing non-boring story. I think you, you can share great insights, valuable insights. But, you know, when uh, I read your book, uh, you know, you, you can win my attention. I love read, uh, to read uh, books that can win me when I can forget about meal, about water, about anything else. I live on this book. So can you tell how to catch attention, how to hook attention in the beginning and retain until the end? Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's a great question. It's because I think storytelling is getting very popular. Everyone starts to do it. But what I see them, they're saying this is a story. And I look at it and I go, it's not a story. So what I see a lot of the times is a case study. So the, there's a difference between a case study and a story. Yeah, and your puppy dog agrees yeah. with me. <laughs> Don't you love it when dogs come in in the background? So 
case studies so let me i'm going to use this as an example to answer your question case case studies provide really valuable information but you wouldn't say they're overly engaging because normally what it is is it's a, just a very logical process like this happened then this happened then this happened then we did this then we did this with a story though you still want to follow a logical process but you need to tap in to emotion and you need to get people to visualize something and to connect with something and that's i think the most powerful stories anyone can share in business and especially in the sales process is a personal story so we're not talking about a business example we're talking about a personal story and then you know so for example if you're speaking with a client and i had this would, would you like I'll, I'll give you an example anatoly and and this yeah, yeah, is sure. an example okay. and this is an example i haven't shared before because it's a very recent one i've come across so i was working with a with a you know i was working with a company and i go in and I'm teaching all their sales people how to share personal stories to connect with not only existing clients, but uh, potential clients. So when they go into pitch for work and one of the gentlemen, he said to me, I just, I just don't know why or how I would share a personal story when I'm pitching for work with a client. And I go, tell me what, tell me what's important to your client. Like what value is important to your clients, but it's also important to you. And, you know, he said, well, trust, and I go, right, so tr being, being wanting, wanting to be trustworthy is important to him, but he knows for his potential clients, ultimately what they want is they want to feel they can trust them. Now, that might be trust, it might be collaboration, it might be innovation, whatever it is, but figuring out what's important to your customer and then also hoping that's important to you so it's not lying about anything. And then he just, I helped him work on a beautiful story about that he was, um, he had to find a carer for his his parent. So he he found, he, he tried to hire a carer and he couldn't get the right one. And then he came across the right one. And the reason he, you know, he gave this carer then the keys to the house. And it was such a relief for him because he trusted the carer. So he said the difference between this relationship was there was trust. And he just shared that story to say, you know, given the opportunity, I will be that person for you, that you will you, you will feel that you can trust us and it will be like a weight off your shoulders. So it was a really, really simple story about providing help for his dad, but linking it to the customer. And it was, you know, it's a short 30 45 second story but what that story is doing it's it's creating a connection and that's that's what engages us in a story there's actually a an emo you know we can talk about being personal we can talk about being emotional we can talk about a connection but that's what a story does it's a story taps into emotion and as human beings we are emotional people mm -hmm. yeah I have uh, my dogs. They usually take part of my podcast. I, I know. I, know. I, just, I just, yeah, I think your cat just walked a fast. Yeah, look at your yeah. cat. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So, so people, you know, we talk about emotion. When I say emo <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When we talk about emotion, I'm not talking about emotion at all, but as human beings, we make decisions based on emotion and we justify them on logic. So any, anyone, you know, any of your listeners that are in sales roles will know that people buy on emotion and they justify on logic and a story can tap into emotion.
Yeah, awesome, awesome. You mentioned that you can help companies to craft the story or teach them how to do it. And from my experience, it's tough when you explain to someone without experience, especially if uh, this manager needs to transfer this data to stakeholders uh, or other content creators. Can you tell your methods how you can consult companies to implement? Because according to some data, 40% of all recommendations are not implemented. So, uh, mm. I mean, like uh, companies can pay like, let's imagine $10,000, yeah? Uh, and uh, be wasted because uh, of, uh, uh, I don't know, many things, busy, uh, excuses, I don't know, name them. <laughs> so tell your methods how to teach others to make action. <laughs> Yeah. So, so first of all, you're right. So I think, uh, you know, the re when I discovered storytelling back in my change management roles, it was when you're trying to take, get people to take action, story is really powerful. When it comes to uh, implementing storytelling as a skill, what I see is where it fails. So where I see a lot of organizations go wrong is they think, well, we want we want we need to come up with stories and it's almost like they hire marketing people or brand people to create these stories and making the mistake that storytelling to engage um, the customers is almost is like a marketing it's not marketing it's it's your frontline salespeople so my my approach is you have to um, give the skill of storytelling to the people that not only will be sharing the stories, but seeing the stories. So the biggest mistake you can sort of go is storytelling is for marketing or the comms. My approach is you define what you want to be known for. You teach the people the skill of storytelling and there's an absolute skill. And then part of that skilling process is we start the frame, the ongoing process of how to capture your stories how to communicate them, and then how to create them. And um, and that that keeps going. So you might have one of your employees that do something amazing with a customer. So you've spotted that that's a great customer story. And then you go, all right, well, how can we share this? And you can share it on social media. You can share it with other customers. So it's um, it's that's where I see people go wrong with implementing storytelling is that they – they don't teach everyone how to do it and they don't involve, you know, it doesn't have to be every single person in the company, but it's certainly the leaders and it's certainly the frontline staff that are, you know, in contact with customers um, and and make storytelling the way we we do things. So, um, yeah, and, and again, in the book, there's so many great examples from companies that are doing that really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh I want to ask how to teach someone without experience to do it. Uh, you know, I can spend so much time to explain in simple way to provide examples. But if this person has no experience, it's hard. It's really hard to create or craft the first story uh, from zero. So can you advise how to improve the skills you mentioned? It's uh, storytelling is a skill. I agree. Mm -hmm. But can you tell how to 
hone the skill uh, in another level. Yeah, yeah. So, Anatoly, what I find is the easiest way to teach people is probably the the less experienced. So, what I find sometimes mm. it sometimes it's people have you know been in you know they're in their 30, 40, 50 in their career. It's almost like I have a new storytelling, so why do I learn it now? Or they've been using stories but maybe could do it better and they're a bit harder to shift. I think with the, the people that are not experienced, it's almost like they're a sponge and they will take in information. What I also find, though, is the stories. So someone will go, oh, well, I've only been at the company for six months, so I don't have any stories I can share. But, again, it's not the stories. It's not necessarily stories about the company. It's stories about yourself. So, for you know, again, it's tapping into what, what what's important for you as a company or a person and what's important for your client. So let's just say innovation is really important. Like, you you know, you might be selling innovative profit, profit, uh, products and you want to talk about how innovation is just part of you. If I was speaking, you know, I could be training a 20-year-old with no work experience, but I would tap into stories about why innovation is important to them and they would find their own story. So, it's taking people through, it's helping people first understand the power of stories, not only the personal stories, as in the non-work-related stories, but also the work-related stories, the power of them, and then teaching the skill of how to start the story because it's very, there's a there's a process I take people through because you don't want to be starting your story with, let me tell you a story. That's not a good way to start your story. Um, what to put in the middle, how to keep them really short, and most importantly, how to end them. And then when you do a story like that, you can really, um, you know, you can really connect with people and influence an outcome. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We're trying to influence an outcome, as in to get people to do something different. Hey, do you want me? Do you want me? I'll share another yeah. example. Yeah, you mentioned another, another example. I'll show you. Yeah, sure, sure. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is a really recent one. So you know, I'm you know, I've been on your podcast three times. So I'm I'm doing my best to cut you know, <laughs> come up okay. with new new content. So this is a great example. If you run a team, this is a great example of how you can influence or inspire your team to do something. So. Someone sent me this. So this was a manager who sent out this request via their internal, their internal, you know, communication channel. And I'm just going to read it for a bit. She yeah, said, sure. um, she goes, hi, team. The town I grew up in had an awesome outdoor pool, and some of my fondest memories are from days at that pool. In my 20s, I started dating a man who told me he's grandfather dug the hole for that pool and I was suitably impressed that I married him. I took our children to that pool and told them about their great-grandfather who dug the hole for this awesome pool that was still there. We've long since moved away from the area but now as a grandmother I'm looking for a reason to come back to that pool to tell my granddaughter about her hole-digging great-great-grandfather. I think it's human nature to want to leave a legacy and have pride in the achievements of our forefathers. So I'm now looking for a volunteer to manage a component of the project that is possibly just as interesting as digging a hole. It will become your legacy. Any person intrigued, please reach out to me and we will discuss. One word clue, 
compliance. So she's literally looking for someone to do a compliance project. And I said to the person, so I love the story, but then I said, did it work? Like, did, did the actual story work? And she said it worked like a charm. She said it's literally the worst job you could do and people are banging down her door saying, I want to leave a legacy, I will dig a hole. So to me that's a great example of how you inspire people to do to do something. And in this case, it was a relatively boring compliance job, but she had people knocking on her door to do that. And you wouldn't have you wouldn't get that result without that story. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, you mentioned about uh, crafting short story. Uh, I still get this question. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of content, but uh, um, uh, about blog content, about video content, anything. You know, <laughs> just tell me the length. Uh, you you can reply. It depends. But you mentioned short story. Can you clarify what means short story and when we need to? Uh, or how to find this balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my my advice is your story should be no longer than two minutes. So I would mm-hmm. say almost a really good, you know, middle ground is like 60 to 90 seconds, so like a minute or so. So they're not long. Especially when you're sharing a personal story, people are intrigued, so they're listening to you, but there will come a time where they start thinking, get to the point. And the moment anyone starts thinking, get to the point, you're actually losing them. They're they're starting to disengage. They're not listening anymore. And if anyone has ever said to you, get to the point, I can guarantee you they've been thinking it for a lot longer before they've said it. So there's a real discipline in getting your stories that short. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they think everything's important so they put everything into their story and it's it's not. So you've got to come down to, and, and my, my technique to help people do that is have one single message. So one single message you want to communicate in the story and then when you're deciding if it's relevant detail, always come back to is this relevant to the message. So, and, and that takes discipline and it takes practice I, I ran a workshop the the other week in um, it was in Japan actually I ran this workshop and um, I you know I told them no longer than two minutes and then they all shared their stories and there was a couple of um, people that shared stories and they went for four and a half minutes and I said how do you think you went and they went no oh, we think we went pretty well managing time it was like no, you didn't. It was, it was it was twice as long. It was twi- two or three times longer than what it should have been. So you've got to get in the discipline of mo- taking stuff out of your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuable, valuable. I want to ask about fake stories. You know, <laughs> I, I, I still get requests. Do I need to write a real story because I can write much better fake story? <laughs> so what do you think about fake stories? Do we need to use this technique uh, or not? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think when you're using fake stories, it's really dangerous. It's um, and I think the only pe- the only reason people share fake stories is because they think that their personal stories aren't uh, valid or, or or big enough or important enough, or they actually think they can't do it. So, you know, part of what I do, what I love, is at the end of the workshops, my pe- people will go, "I never thought of using my own personal story." So it's like. 
Your personal stories are the most effective and they're the most powerful, your stories. Fake stories are really, really dangerous. Um, first of all, you'd want to be a really good actor if you're sharing fake stories because people sort of sense something. So when you share a story, you not only retell it, but you sort of relive it and people see that. I think the danger to your credibility, if it's if someone finds out it's made up, um, it, you would just lose credibility. So, so imagine that manager who shared the story about the swimming pool and digging the hole and you volunteered for that project and then found out that that story was fake, you would you would feel betrayed, you would feel manipulated. So I I am a firm believer that it is not worth the potential backlash to your credibility to use fake stories and it's just not authentic. And and the other, like, why would you do it? Why, why would you do it if when your stories are, are you know, so powerful? If you're, if you're trying to find a story around the great customer service you deliver but you can't find a real story on the great customer service you deliver, chances are you probably don't deliver great customer service. So, so don't tell stories about that. So always, always find the real stories. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I remember one book, uh, Joe Sugarman wrote this book about uh, sharing stories. And he was one of the best marketers ever, you know, in paid marketing. And uh, when I re uh, read his book, uh, his examples, yeah, he can win attention. He can hook my attention in the beginning and retain until then. Uh, and he shares all these interesting stories. Uh, can you tell about retention? Uh, I asked this question, but anyway, I want to uh, ask more because uh, retention metric is very important for any content. We create a mm -hmm. lot of content. And we know uh, even if you have valuable content, but people bounce and you will never get them back uh, people are impatient to get what they want to get uh, it's important to retain and Joe Sugarman was great he, he wrote this book before digital but I can rely I can use all this insight in digital mm -hmm. world so can you tell about your methods how to build logical structure and retain until then yeah so um i agree it's all about you know when you are when you are communicating in any format it's about first of all it's getting their attention so grabbing their attention and then retaining it so that's the, they're the two things you first got to grab their attention and then you've got to retain it the power of what a story does in that and so there's a, there's a couple of things i want to talk about the way you start your story, so if you start a story with, um, you know, when I, was, when I was a little kid, I grew up on a farm, that straight away gets people hooked in. So it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's grabbing their attention. As, as human beings, we are hardwired to listen to stories. So we listen to stories. We listen to stories differently than we do to data, especially, you know, especially in work when when. When you're talking about work stuff, it can be a bit dry. Like, it, you know, the content can be quite logical and dry. And then you, you go, well, actually, that reminds me when I went on an African safari in my 20s. It's like the audience are listening now. So you've got their attention. So a story gets their attention. 
if it's really short, like I said, if it's like 60 seconds or 90 seconds, it retains their attention. But the other thing, Anatoly, what the story does, because it taps into emotion, and again, when we talk about connection, it taps into emotion, we actually remember the story. So ultimately we remember the story and that's the most powerful thing because if you if you can remember the story, you remember the message. So I um I I went to uh, New York last year with my daughter and we went to the 9-11 Memorial Museum and we did a tour. So we did a tour of the, and, you know, on the tour you hear lots of facts and figures and data and statistics and you hear some stories. And so we were walking out of the tour and my daughter Jess said to me, Mum, how tall did the guy say that column was? And I couldn't remember. I, it was 10 minutes after the tour had ended and I could not remember one fact or stat, even though they were interesting at the time. So we, it, they were interesting at the time. The stories I heard, the, I will remember the stories forever. So the stories get your attention and retain it. And if you, if you think of perhaps some of the brilliant presenters you've seen or some of the TED Talks you've watched, I, I can almost guarantee you if you remember them, what you remember is the story they shared. So it's the story we remember. And I and people will tell me that and I go, do you remember anything else they spoke about? I was like, no, I only remember the story. So that's what a, a story um, gets their attention and re- and get and retains their attention, but then they also remember it. So your message, they retain your message. Mm-hmm. Nice. You mentioned a few times about emotions, uh, but we have different emotions. Can you tell how to learn what kind of e- emotions we need to provoke from our customers, how to collect data and give them what they want to get? <laughs> Yeah, so so I don't I don't think we necessarily need to go. What emotion do we want to tap into? Mm-hmm. The the story will do that. So a story will tap mm-hmm. into emotion by default. I think the key thing is you go. What's the what's the message you want to portray in the story? So you know, like the example I gave you before, the message he wanted to portray was about trust. So do you want to tra- betray trust? Do you want to, you know, if you're speaking to your clients and you want to be known for, so again, decide what you want to be known for. Do you want to be known as trustworthy? Do you want to be known as innovative? Do you want to be known as collaborative? So define what you want to be known for and then share the stories around that and the story itself will will create, will tap into emotion. So you don't, you don't have to sort of go, oh, I want, I want this emotion. I, I read an article once and um, I forget who it was from. Uh, someone was saying that the four types of stories people need in business and one of the stories they said was a tearjerker and I thought that was terrible advice because it feels like manipulation. So you don't want to be going, I want this story to tap into fear or, you know, I want them crying after this story. It's, or just come back to the message. What's the actual message you want to communicate? And if you use a story, by default, it will tap into emotion because that's what stories do. Yeah, I think it's better to leave this job to politicians, you know. They know how to exactly. promote such emotions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, and when you look at politicians, that's why it's all manipulation. They will go, they will either tap into hope or they will tap into fear. And they're the, yeah. they're the two extremes of motions. And you see anything, 
you know, in any country that's one, one, one will tap into hope and the other will tap into fear. Yeah, exactly. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, mistakes. In marketing, it's important to do mistakes. Experiment. I, I even don't call mistakes. I call like learning, getting mm -hmm. skills. And I usually stop anything else with mistakes uh, because I can learn best practices, generic strategies, fail many times, uh, endless times. Then I can craft my skills to go ahead. So can you list mistakes that we can avoid if someone yeah. decided to write a story, but what kind of mistakes we can learn before doing? Yeah, that, and that's really good because you do learn. Um, and sometimes when you share a story, you'll go, oh, that didn't quite work and you'll learn. But there are some things you should never do that are always going to be mistakes. So let's let's help your listeners <laughs> never do those. Um, I think a few we've covered. Your stories have to be true. Like the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is um, use fake stories or make up stories or exaggerate stories. So just keep your stories true and real and genuine. So that's, that's one mistake to avoid. The other one is keep it short. So if you're going longer than two minutes in a story, it's too long. So just aim for about a minute or, you know, 60, 90 seconds. And that's, so don't go too long. I think the other thing is how to start your story. So even though we as humans are hardwired to listen to stories, you don't want to don't start your story with let me tell you a story. Because, you know, when people say let me tell you a story, it's like, oh, please don't tell me a story. Um, so just start your story with, you know, what I call where it happened and when it happened. So, you know, uh, five years ago, I went on a holiday to Singapore. So it's like just time and place. So it's one sentence. Um, and you also don't want to end your story with let me tell you, with, let me, oh, the moral of the story is. So the moral of the story is there's a, there's a technique that I teach that helps people get the message across, but without telling them what the moral is. So I think um, the way you start and end your stories is important the shortness, keeping it short, keeping it, it's got to be absolutely true. And I think I think the other thing with true is you have to believe in it. Like don't, this isn't like marketing spin. Don't share a story. Like before I said, don't share a story about the great customer service you deliver if you actually don't deliver great customer service. Um, you know, you might want to, well, then, then start doing it. So actually start delivering great customer service. And then you've got stories that you can share about that. So it's you've, you've actually got to live and breathe this, so especially when it comes around brand stories. It, it has to be, you, you, it's got to be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Great, great. I want to ask you to forget about your books. Forget. Okay. You didn't write any book. Didn't write them. Okay. Yeah. And it's your first day when you need to write your story completely from scratch. You read some stories before, but you didn't craft any of your stories. So what will you do today if you do everything from scratch? Okay. If so, I'm sitting there thinking I would need to write a story. Yeah. I the first thing what what message so don't worry about the story always mm -hmm. go to what message do I want to communicate and it could be I mean it could be how you started the company but it could be something like what's important like you know trust or innovation so always come back to what's the message and then I would say have you got an example of this either 
a personal example, so let's just say innovation, you could just have a great little personal non-work related story about when you're a little kid and how you built this thing that saved you time and it shows that you've always been innovative or you could have a work story. So start with the message, find an example and then try to say that in the most succinct possible way, spending a lot of time on, you know, uh, the challenges or the things you've learnt and not make it feel like a case study where we did this, then we did this, then we did this. Um, you know, bring in how you felt about it. Like I felt really excited we were able to do that or something like that. So, and then find way, ways to share it. There's so many different places you can share these stories. Yeah, totally, totally. And I have my final question about the future. I want to ask you to take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be. We have AI today. Apple is going to launch augmented reality. I don't know what kind of future will be because uh, I'm terrible to forecast my future. <laughs> I tried a few <laughs> times, with, but it didn't work. So what kind of future will be in your vision and how we can add storytelling style to this future? I, my hope, so I, I think anything like technology around this, it's both exciting and terrifying at the same time. But I think as we become more, as AI takes over more, I think the human connection is even more important. So storytelling, I think, will become more important. I actually saw a, a massive increase in sales and people wanting me to teach storytelling during COVID because we were physically disconnected. So people realise the importance of being emotionally connected and being real and genuine with each other. So I think as AI becomes smarter, it's going to be re it's going to be really really hard to separate what's real and what's fake. I mean, we we see that now with deep fake technology. So I think all you can do as an individual is go no. Well, everything you do is authentic and genuine. So I think real personal storytelling will become even more important because, like I said at the start, AI will never, ever replace your personal stories. You know, something that happened to you this morning or something that happened when you were a kid, AI, AI cannot replace that. They might be able to help you tell it better and might be able to, you know, tidy it up, but it can never replace your personal story. So I think, I think uh, as we move more into an AI world, real personal storytelling um, is even more critical than it is now. Yeah, great. I think we still have time before Terminators will kill all human <laughs> beings. So, uh, <laughs> and if we have this time, we can craft stories for human beings. You can't craft story for AI, for Terminators, but <laughs> if you want to get emotions with your customers, you need to craft your stories. Gabriel, it's a big pleasure to get in my show. I love it so well, you bow. Tell the I best know. Way. I think, and you're you're the first person that's had me back three times. So I feel like you know oh. this is the love. Thank the you. Love. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, uh, tell us the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you, how to read your books or find your books. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, LinkedIn is a good way to uh, contact me. My website, gabrieldolan.com. And I'm actually got a public storytelling workshop coming up on the 1st of December. So I only run these twice a year and one's coming up on the 1st of December. So um, you'll find that on the website or on my LinkedIn post or just 
you know, send me a direct message on LinkedIn. Great, great. Okay, guys, I'll share links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. I recommend to anyone to read books. I'm going to review these books on my LinkedIn post because if you want to become a better storyteller and marketer, you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, these great books. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.